Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. This is episode six, and we have a lot planned for you today. My name is Shay McClure, and I'm your host. Uh, you can find me on HC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN, or on the WizKids Info Network, you can find me under the ID of Showtime TN. Or finally, you can email me at L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. That is lostinclicks at gmail.com. Any one of those ways you can get in touch with me. We would love to hear back from you about how you're liking the episodes, any suggestions you have, any comments, any way in which we can improve. This is always an improving podcast, and really just doing it for my love of the game. Just give me a chance to kind of talk about it and also give you a chance to uh, hear from me about my own personal viewpoint being caught between the casual and the meta and flowing between both uh, types. So i um, love to share my experiences. I would almost consider myself an amateur if you kind of look at it like in golfing terms or any kind of uh, basketball pro terms. I'll consider my a professional hero clicks, but I do like to compete at some high levels, but more of an amateur, just having fun out there, having a good time. So this is episode six. Uh, glad you could tune in. Now let's just go ahead and get started. The name of this episode is Hear Ye, Hear Ye, uh, and really did that because there's some great news coming out. I really want to concentrate in the main info part about the news of the new stuff coming out, some announcements been made, and just kind of my take on it. Now, I wanted to go over first some uh, previous Heroclix experiences I had over this past weekend before, the week before I just kind of worked on my WKO team and then uh was finally able to get away on a Saturday and go visit my local venue who were hosting a 500-point uh, modern age event. I uh, went there and really was just looking to go have some fun with some pieces, and I put together what I call an animal-themed team. Uh, no resources. I took Clarion the Witch Boy from, um, I believe he's from World's Finest, Man Bat, who's from Joker's Wild, a devil dinosaur, as you can See, he's on my WKO Open team, and I just wanted to go and try him out and have a little bit more experience with how he works and how his pogs work. Uh, Pied Piper, uh, the Fast Forces, uh, so off the Flash set. 
uh, man spider who I got at last year's Origins and just been waiting for a chance to try them. And Sabretooth out of the Uncanny X-Men, the 100-point version. So uh, that was the team I took. Showed up. Uh, go ahead and tell you, just kind of did okay. I went 2-1. and one, Kind of finished around 4th, middle of the pack. Um, one thing I realized is I showed up with a team that, number one, can't produce a lot of damage. And number two is way too close combat-oriented in a point venture like that. So anytime you're over 500 points, you're going to see some bigger Figures, a lot of move, run and shoot, uh, some move and attack powers, high damage, and some guys who can take some damage, especially teams that are in the only four character, five character range. I had six characters, they were themed, and um, uh, as I said, went two and one. Uh, I won every map roll I did, uh, which was awesome. Unfortunately, after having that uh, episode last week talking about knowing the train, Guess who forgot to bring any maps? Yeah, I was thinking that um, the venue would have maps, but uh, the venue has just kind of moved. Places kind of resettled, and they've kind of opened up a newer shop, uh, expanded their shop, and we couldn't find the maps, so we had to use maps of other people, so I didn't bring them. Uh, I'd like to take a moment just to recommend. I would always recommend Dwayne's World in um, Kingsport, Tennessee. Awesome place to go play games, any type of game. It has great... um, venue with lots of games on the shelves and has an even huge uh, dedicated gaming space and the hero click section actually had their own little two or three tables which was awesome we had eight people show up and those guys who showed up man they're awesome it's brian kevin uh, steven anton jeff rick was judging lucas jared and brian uh, that is all there and they did a great job and they had a lot i had a lot of fun talking with them always great meeting new players and just having a good time uh i was gonna tell you uh <laughs> i knew immediately i was in trouble when i sat down my first matches with uh brian he had a pretty much spider-man family team he had beast uh spider-man noir cyborg spider-man j jonah jameson he had clearing the witch boy and i'm trying to think if he had anybody else no that was about it and when I sat down with him, uh, the map in front of us is Danny the Street. I rolled one map and decided, well, you know what? I'll just play on this. I knew the type of day I was having when I positioned everybody. And in the first turn, my thought was have man back carry man spider to where he can get into close combat very quickly. Wow. I didn't realize how great a taxi man bat is. With a 12 movement with charge, he pretty much could get across the entire board. And I never was worried about him because he's only 55 points. Uh, even if you push him, I mean, he's got, he's really nothing other than this uh, Blades Claws Fang, Steel Energy guy, type piece. And he pretty much can move 20 squares in two turns carrying somebody. That's amazing. Especially get Man Spider. And ended up um, moving him, him out off to a corner behind some blocking, kind of protect them from an alpha strike and was moving everybody else up. And then that's when I realized that Pied Piper and Sabretooth were on the side of Danny's street up on some elevated terrain. And where I thought they could go straight down the left side of the map as I was facing it and just kind of stay up there with Man Bat. And come to find out they were trapped on that, on that roof because there's no ladder there. You had to actually go down, go across. And I'm telling you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have just cost myself some extra moves. And um, so that game, 
was a learning experience really quickly. I can go ahead and tell you, I came out and the first thing I went after was I brought my clarion witch boy up in about two turns and went after his clarion with um, Teekle. Popped Teekle off, ran him, ran clarion up there with Teekle, based his clarion, popped Teekle off, perplexed up his attack, hit, looking to really damage his uh, clarion, and on blades rolled a two, probed it, rolled a one. And Clary and Tickle disappeared because of Mystic's feedback damage. And one click on Clarion really didn't make that big a difference. And I then moved Manbat up to base. Um, Spider-Man, Cyborg, Spider-Man, and Beast, and dropped, uh, dropped. Oh, what am I thinking? Dropped Man Spider right there in between them in this little four-corner look, and really. After I dropped him, realized that Jay Jonah and Jameson was sitting there bumping up Spider-Man Cyborg, C- Cyborg Spider-Man up to a 20 defense. And Man Beast had a 20 defense in close combat. And even though Man Spider has flurry and at 11 attack, this was going to be an almost impossible ability. And with a stupid uh, Cyborg Spider-Man with impervious... Super senses and shape change. Three rolls to basically evade damage. I was in trouble. I didn't have any outwit. There's nothing I could do. And I went after the wrong figure. And it ended up being this long affair where we just went back and forth. And we'd miss attacks. Couldn't hit. He wasn't using his beast properly. He was his first time playing. And he wasn't outwitting powers a lot with it. And really just that game came down to the last turn where... I killed J. Jonah Jameson with a breakaway roll where Man Spider went over and just slammed J. Jonah. And he pretty much knocked out Sabretooth by hitting him. Uh, how did he kill Sabretooth? He, he, he just ran through Sabretooth with Spider-Man Noir, who, which he had on his team. And what can I say? It was... It's a learning map. It's a learning experience. You know, playing, I can play online all I want, but actually sitting down in front of a map with another player, 500 points, it was, it was interesting. Um, and some things, I mean, my other matches went pretty well. Faced like four-person teams. They had some high-point figures. I was able to, my teams matched up better with them and was able to, I'm not going to bore you all, I was able to base and do some kind of neat little things. I try to remember, I was popping off Pogs, um, I will say that I was able to do the one thing I was really trying to, which is I was able to have Man Spider flurry twice, hit both times, and then be able to do his exploit weakness. Now, the greatest thing is I did it against a Captain America, the one that has the founding member trait. Hit him one time for three, hit him another time for three, and then hit him one more time for exploit with exploit weakness. So he ended up taking six damage from that attack after he reduced it with his uh, reducers. So that was awesome. Finally be able to hit that. I did it again on a Avengers Assembled Iron Man. No, wait, no, was it that Iron Man? No, it's another Iron Man. Uh, maybe the Age of Ultron Iron Man. Anyway, I was able to do that also. So the ability to do that twice with Man Spider was amazing. I mean, I've been wanting to try and get him off. And him teamed up with Man Bat gave him such a reach 
and a range. It was actually worth it with his uh, flurry and 11 attack and clarion. So it's kind of fun. Uh, as I said, just my team got bogged down with kind of maps. Uh, the maps I played on was Danny Street twice and then the Hydra Island indoor-outdoor base map, which really kind of slowed everything up. So um, it's a lot of fun. i give you a, a breakdown, but I don't want to sit there and bore you with all the details. Uh, like I said, had had a lot of fun. The uh, faced a beast twice and faced a Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, White Tiger, uh, Iron Man set up. Uh, the other team had Beast, Jewel, um, Thor, uh, 11 charge, 11 attack, 4 damage, 17 invincible. Uh, Avengers assemble Iron Man on his lower point with Beast. So faced a team like that, an Avengers team. Uh, it was, as I said, it was interesting. One, a few things I noticed. Uh, guys I played were great. Uh, we were very what I call casual game non-competitive game it's really how you interact with each other and I and and I have seen in competitive games where both players have been very nice and giving each other some uh room to um kind of make mistakes and make up for them and kind of get through the nervousness of it uh in this case they uh we we were doing that you know kind of learning the pieces and all that but um uh, let me think a couple of cool things as i said man spider was a cool thing that went off uh, another one was i was able to man they hated that cat i was able to on the island base jewel was kind of set back away from everybody and i was able to tk out clarion he moved nine tk him out like four he moved nine and tico popped off and killed jewel in one one swing it was amazing that was, that was fun and it was like wow what happened and i was able to get clarion so far away that there's no retaliation and then was able also to charge Man Spider up to elevation because you know he has that improved movement where he ignores um, elevation and and that's where I got my charge on Captain America. Uh, I was able to put out some uh, homicide crabs that were used up as tie-up pieces, which were awesome. I'd move a, a homicide crab, tie everybody up, uh, man bat. He died, but, you know, he did his purpose. He, he just moved people around. And um, I don't know. I was trying to think anything else. I mean, here's my big takeaways. I really learned a lot about Devil Dinosaur, about how to use his pogs. I love the homicide crabs as tie-up pieces. And I love to move them up, tie up, and if they're not killed, to just next turn push them to do a pulse wave. And if they hit, it's one damage to everybody. And, it, and it's kind of a neat boom, just like a little grenade you throw up there six six square grenade um the ability to kind of do that and move them up and be able to just uh, just harass pieces that way was kind of neat uh, actually made somebody made a beast waste an outwit on a pulse wave just just to avoid it um man games went quick the timer was set for 55 minutes and i swear you'd probably get six five to six turns maybe if you're moving fast couple of reasons for that five actions moving everybody around keeping track of everything especially on my team and i know me and sneaky brick have talked about it before the ability to move my crabs or any of my pogs up without taking move actions off 
actually extends my round, and in extending my round, it causes some, um, it can cause some problems. Uh, well, shorten the amount of time I have to get everything going. I will tell you, a point of it was in my first match, I was up 30 to zip. I know that was a great scoring match. And uh, finally, Sabretooth got killed after his one minute called. I was doing my actions, and I just didn't want to waste time. You come down to that, it's two minutes ago. I have a uh, Sabretooth, shoot, on 17 defense is, is uh, regen. Uh, he's just kind of sitting there. I had already tried, I'd pushed him trying to regen, and he healed one and just automatically lost it. Sitting there, and I pretty much have killed Jay Jonah. I have a couple more moves I can make. About a minute left, and you know, I know time's running out, and I'm like, I don't want to be that way. I want to give him a chance. So, ended up, uh, there's nothing else I couldn't do. I could have stalled or something like that. I mean, I don't think that's really a good way to play. So, went on, and he, he made a roll, which I thought would be a difficult roll, especially since I had Clary on there and had a prob on it. Um, he made his roll uh, and did just enough damage to uh, kill Sabretooth, which was, you know, and that's how he got the win on me. So that's why I went 2-1. and one. I mean, Brian played a great game in that one. Uh, we both made mistakes. So so that's another thing I take from it. You know, everybody's going to make mistakes. You're going to run into, and at a competitive level, those mistakes kind of um, hurt you. But, you know, I think you need to go into every match thinking, I'm going to make mistakes. My opponent's going to make mistakes. How do we recover from those mistakes? We talk about it in basketball all the time. We talk about it whenever we um, talk about it in any kind of coaching. It's it's not whether or not you don't make any mistakes. It's how you handle it when you do because it will happen. And in this case, that's what I kind of learned was that uh, you're going to make mistakes. Stuff's going to happen. So um, how, how do you recover from it? And so, like I said... People are going to forget things. People are going to make mistakes. How can you handle it? Uh, turns, really, you got to worry about your turns. And kind of opened my eyes about using Devil Dinosaur and using those pogs, how my turns are going to kind of go and a whiz kids open and how that can can shorten a game. Actually, there's a game that went on between uh, the two guys that were undefeated, and they got three turns in in 55 minutes. That's crazy, three turns. But with five actions, uh, playing in that high championship match, kind of also showed me, you know, I think in the higher level championship matches, it's going to start slowing down. And when it slows down, my my team could struggle because it wants to, I want to move at a faster pace. So I'm going to have to be cognizant of that or aware of it. Uh, maps? Yeah. Okay, number one, bring maps just to help your venue out. And number two, know the maps you're choosing and, and make sure they kind of fit your team. Close combat team, really the indoor-outdoor map, the island base, kind of slowed everything down. He had a hypersonic guy. But it really helped me out because it really clogged everything up, even with beasts there, and I was able to really just hammer on that Avengers team. In the end, it's an awful team for me to take. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but the lack of damage was crazy. The um, Especially at that high level. Those figures he's using. Uh, there was a Marauders team there I thought would be fun to take on because with our multitude of, of figures, you know, and our low damage, it would be interesting on how we play each other. Um, you know, and it's it's really the fun aspect is really, you know, the type of people you play with. They're great. They have fun. Not 
sitting there jerks, which this crew wasn't anywhere near jerks. They were just fun, had a good time with each other, and really uh, just kind of made sure the tournament went great. I mean, even at the end, when it was realized none of us were in the championship game, uh, we paired up on with people not based upon our record, but who we hadn't played yet, just so we could play each other. And uh, so that went great. Um, and even at the end, four of them got together and did a pickup game, which I thought was neat. And that's the great thing about a venue. They just did a pickup game of everybody went out and got a uh, went out and got a booster, and then they played like a battle royale, which is kind of neat. Sitting around talking to them, uh, we started. I saw a discussion on um, AC Realms. When when is the best time to start a tournament? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. We started at 12 o'clock. And we were done by 3.34. And for y'all that have a family, have a life, uh, have to get stuff done, uh, have a have a wife and kids that want to see you, that start time was actually not a bad start time. I mean, I got back home in time, I think I was back home by 4.30, 5 o'clock. My wife, you know, we went and did some stuff. Got able to do some stuff around the house. In the morning, I was able to do some stuff with her. Venue is about 45 minutes away, so that was an to me, it was a great time that didn't take up my entire Saturday. I mean, I'd love to find a time during the week, but even then, that's kind of hard with work. So, um, Saturdays are always booked. Uh, they're going to have another tournament here in a couple of weeks, and I'm not going to be able to make it. I hate that because it's been great guys. Uh, we did sit around and talk about Origins, where I went last year and how I'm going this year, and, you know, start really opening up. Uh, I know uh, Steven said he's not a... Uh, competitive player and he he loves casual and he does he's he's great at building teams he does a great job with his teams and so but i can tell you he's a very good player i have a lot of great players out there they teach me a lot and every time you play i think you just get better every experience you have you learn more about the piece you learn more about what you need to do and just helps you helps you because you're going to make mistakes and you got to learn from your mistakes um so i think that's it for the week i mean it was uh, as I said, it was, it was a great uh, hero click experience. Got about three games in, so that's always good. Being able to play that many games, being able to play with Devil Dinosaur. The um, Man Bat's a big takeaway. I mean, Man Bat. I'm really looking at him going, wow. He's, he he could be really good. I mean, the ability to move 24 squares in two turns, nobody can do anything about it. Nobody. I mean, you'd have to base him. He's got Blaze Claws fangs. Just to be honest... um, I think he only he goes down to eleven movement after he takes a damage. I, I I'm going to tell you one thought keeps coming in my mind. How would he do with Proteus on him? He can get anywhere on the map. He's a flyer. Put Proteus on him. The extra bump in defense movement is crazy. Extra bump in his attack would be great. If he does get damaged by Proteus and he keeps going down, so what? Because he can deliver Proteus right where you want to, put him there. If they kill him, and you don't have any other figures. And if you can set it that way, all of a sudden Proteus pops off in the middle of their figures with that pulse wave. I don't know. I'm, I'm really thinking about Man Bat. Man Bat could be pretty cool. So, I don't know. I really like him as a taxi. Uh, I know he's a super rare, but I have one, so... Pretty cool. I love playing them. So that's some thoughts about Manbat. Um, uh, anything? As I said, uh, I'd recommend the venue. Recommend those guys are just great to play with. 
It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I played Brian, Jared, and Lucas. Went two and one. Lucas was really great to play against. Jared was great to play play against. Um, we was helping each other out. So that's what it is, guys. Just go have a good time, especially when you go to your local venue. Um, and just kind of get better. Uh, I did solidify my uh, WKO team. I know I keep saying that. Uh, dropped Solaris. Got rid of them. Um, added uh, Black Panther back to the team. And added Adam. And... Um, Took the flash off and then put on my last one, uh, Henry, for 15 points. Uh, my ID cards are Ronin, Shield Level 7, Supergirl, Green Arrow, Booster Gold, and Superman. Nope, sorry, not Supergirl. Got to change that right quick. It is actually Black Panther. And we're going to go with... The Civil War, Civil War uh, special prize one, which would be let me look him up, and I'll I'll kind of go over. And somebody, um, let me see, let me pull it up. It is Civil War SOP. Uh, 109. So, uh, some reasons for him. I know, uh, uh, Spider Nick had asked me, he's trying to understand my strategy and my team, and kind of looking at it. I watched a T3 podcast, which I'd recommend. T3 is a great one. Two clicks from KO is great. It's kind of casual meta. Uh, Meta Lab's great, but they give you some great ideas. But I love T3 right now, the YouTube podcast, and I'd always recommend them. But he's talking about your ID character should have a role. They should be trying to do something. And really what I was looking at is the ability to bring in Ronan and him carry Henry with him on a charge to give him four damage with exploit weakness flurry, charge flurry. Huge. Be able to do eight damage to a piece. Amazing. Um, On top of that... If that piece could have killed something first and you'd be able to colossal retaliate with Adam, Adam would give you another, if you position it right, another empower, just like a Henry would give you, to add up Ronan's damage to a five. Crazy. And the ability also to use Mixie to bring in Black Panther at the same time to use his outwit and then maybe go in there and charge and finish something off could take a piece out. And I was really looking at, wow. Trying to look at in a perfect storm if that happened, I could. Um, and really, I don't think it would happen. But let's just go over a perfect storm with this team. How I would kind of run it if I just got it positioned correctly, and a Quinjet destroys like a attack something, and I'm able to pop up Adam, him be able to hit a seventy point Quinjet for two and everything around him for two. Boom. Okay, so now all of a sudden the Quinjet's down. One, because actually, if I pull it up, and if if I'm not making any sense, please just send me an email, and I'll try to explain it better. But uh, sitting there on a 70-point Quinjet, and looks like I should have this stuff pulled up ready to go, but... 
Why it's not professional, people. Okay, the Quinjet at 70 is let's see, 17 point 17 clicks if you're at 140 at 70 you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9 9 clicks. So if Adam pops up and somebody around the Quinjet had attacked something Adam could hit the Quinjet and he would do 1 damage which would put him on 17 defense and toughness. Um Hmm. And then all of a sudden you call in Ronan. He carries Henry to get his four damage with exploit weakness. Now, the Quinjet can automatically reduce penetrating damage. So you could hit. If you position him right with Adam, first hit would do five damage. And he would go down. Four, so he'd be on. He go. He'd lose. Click eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. So now he's sitting on. He goes one, two, three, four. Now he's sitting on seventeen defense super senses. Now he's got super senses. Always a risk. You can hit him again, and he'll take all five, and it's done. Quinjet's gone. Or. If Adam, even without Adam, let me see how it works without Adam. Say Adam doesn't hit the Quinjet. So, but he's there to add the Empower. Wow, that'd work actually better. Uh, but the Quinjet's be sitting on the 18 defense with Toughness. You'd hit him with 5 with Ronan. Charge Ronan, carrying Henry to give him the Empower. Set next to Adam, which gives him another Empower. So it gives him 5. He would do... Uh, four clicks because he's reducing if he hit. It'd be one, two, three, four. He'd be sitting on click 13 with 17 defense. And then you hit him again. It'd be one, two, three, four. Nah, then he would just be still stuck alive. You'd have to hit him with Adam one time. But in that case, in two actions, you could take out a 70-point Quinjet with your Ronin. Um, sidestep the Ultron drone away to remove Ronin. So he'd pop away. That'd leave Henry next to Adam. You could sidestep Adam away, carrying Henry. Uh, you could call in a Black Panther with Mixie, which would give you one last action. You could outwit something charged with Black Panther and do a Blaze Claws Fang. Uh, you could call in something with devil dinosaur at that time or use one of the um pogs to go base just interesting a lot of a lot of different things can happen with it i'm sorry i know this is kind of confusing but that's, that's one of the things i like about this team is there's so many varied strategies that's one tool in the toolbox if that if that opportunity opens up then i can take advantage of it um Reminds me, once again, I'm going to bring it back up to chess. You know, you play chess a lot of times just to learn different positions on the board and different maneuvers you can do once pieces get in certain positions. I think Heroclix isn't too far from it. You have a lot of more varied options. But having that tool in the toolbox, that's a perfect tool. I can do variations off of it. So if anything presents itself where I can bring Ronan in, carry Henry, and do a huge attack, then that's going to be awesome. 
and to always have that in my bag of tricks, especially after a atom hammer. I mean, that could finish a, a character off, especially one that can't reduce penetrating. Because if you really think about it, that'd be twelve clicks of damage penetrating in 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 just one turn. I don't know many figures that can hold up, especially in a tournament like that. That could swing the favor. Um, Got to think about how you're going to take Faust out, how you deal with blocking terrain. Another trick will be using Frogman and having some games not running, running. I'm uh, actually running the Hawkeye. Uh, I have his number here. It be the Hawkeyes out of uh, Avengers Assemble. Uh, no. Captain America Civil War. Hawkeye. Is that the one I'm running? Oh, my gosh. Shay, get your team set. I'm going to post my team out there, and y'all can see it. It's the one that starts with uh, trade running shot, 11 attack with um, psychic blast, 3 damage with enhancement, uh, 17 defense. And if you kick him over, if you can knock him down one click he has the ability to shoot arrows that destroy blocking train and use energy explosion as they go through it and he can see through blocking train so one of the tricks i'd have is if i have him as my id card call in i would actually use frogman to to change hit to knock him down one and then he would be able to use that kind of trick uh, my only problem with that is that and I'm, I'm kind of lost in some of the Just League teleporters, so I'm going to throw this out to you all. I'm going to put up my team, and if you if you want to talk to me and give me some suggestions on how I can do different little tricks with them, that'd be great. I love the Ronin trick right now. Uh, the ability to use Frogman with Hawkeye sounds pretty cool. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at stuff like that. Um, however, here's my problem right now. Is that working the Just League teleporter. Uh, cards such as Shield Level 7 and uh, Ronin, which have the ability to have different characters assigned to them. Okay, my question is, can I have more than one character for that ID card? So, say my I have six ID cards, so I have six characters. Can my sideline be nine characters? Then can I choose which character a card comes in? When do I define... Uh, what is for that card and what happens to those extra figures? I mean, can I, at the beginning of a game, and this is really a question, I can't find a really good definite answer to. Can I have two ID characters assigned to Ronin? Uh, Ronin and Hawkeye. Or at the start of my game, do I have to choose which one's assigned to it? And then the other one just sits on my sideline with no ability to be called in. I don't want to do anything illegal, but I want to give my team some options. Same way with Shield Level 7. Can I have a Nick Fury and a Quasar? And then do I decide which one's set at the time or in the game when I decide to call in, do I choose it then? Can I sign both to the card and then choose which one I bring in and then the other one just can't be brought in? That's something I'm trying to work through. I would love to hear some feedback on that because I, I want to make sure because that will help determine some other stuff about my team. So um, if, if I could, I'd love to hear back from you all. Uh, let me see. All right. Whew, enough about that. That was just a start. Wow. I'll put the team up so y'all can see. Uh, okay. So 
what's the news about now okay this is gonna be an extra long podcast i'm going to apologize up front so much to go over um and so let's go through this new stuff coming out i am so excited so the news is we got a tmnt uh shredder's return set coming out uh, i think it's this month in 30 days we get deadpool and we have the new order of how WizKid is going to run everything at Origins. All important to me. So let's go through the TMNT 3 Shredder's Return set. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of these TMNT sets. Uh, I grew up reading the original comic. Uh, would I use these characters? I'm going to come back to... There's so many close combat. I know they're very point efficient so close combat and this is such a range game that as i said with my 500 point team oh my gosh i just can't competitively build a team around those teenage mutant ninja turtles because i can't i've never been a close combat person i like range so i don't get around the strategy of them these sets are kind of cool none of the pieces really jump off at me are not like Marvel and DC where I recognize those comic book characters. I love just the sculpts and collecting them and doing that. So I'd have to see something competitively or something cool I want to use for me to even think about these. So am I totally excited about this new set? No. Um, however, I did go out and look at it because I'm like, well, you know, before I start knocking it, let me just go see. Is there a piece on here? That I'm looking at and go, wow, I'd love to go play. I think that about, might be neat. And I think it might be a hidden piece in competitive and in casual play. One um, I went to right away, and I always look at bigger point characters, that Sliver looked interesting, but I really think he's going to be one. Reminds me of old Heroclix pieces that you just kind of worked around. You kind of knew their dial, and you knew where you want to hit them to, and then how much you need to knock him past, and you just would not worry about him otherwise. I mean, he's 130 points, doesn't have doesn't have indomitable, doesn't have a moving attack power, uh, just kind of okay. I mean, 130 points, I can get a lot more. I've got 120-point Batman, Outsiders, Team Ability, Batman Ally. Uh, he has some cool powers. So, you know, I always think about him. I'm like, wow, there's 120. 100 point Spider Man 049 with the hypersonic, and you know, eh. Sliver doesn't do it for me. I mean, in a sealed, he'll be pretty cool, but one did jump out at me. Uh, actually, two did. And I don't know, I don't know which one, but I think they're both really good. Uh, one's a super rare, and one's a rare. Uh, they're gonna look kind of silly, but it's the uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo in their spacesuits. And I can tell you what I like about Leonardo. For 75 points, you get a 7 range piece with 6 clicks. His attack value never drops below a 10. He starts with a running shot psychic blast. Does 3. Has has um, leadership. Uh, he's also only 17 defense. That's a, that's a knock in him. But he does have the fly to build. He ignores knockback. And when you give him a non-free action... He's adjacent to blocking terrain or a square of higher elevation. He modifies his speed and attack value by plus one for that action. That's pretty good, especially his second click being 12 attack, psychic blast, three damage, running shot. Now, he can't see through stealth, so he doesn't have any improved movement on that, improved targeting. So you got to wonder, wow, 
how would that go over? But the one thing I do like about racing for the pieces of the black hole generator, that's a trade yes. When an opposing character would be equipped or begins the game equipped, you and that character's controller each roll two die six that can't be re-rolled. If your result is higher, remove that equipment from the game. I believe that works with entities too. So that means if the ability to take away a Proteus from somebody, even though it's a random chance, is huge. That's taken 35 points from their team that they have already, uh, or 25 points that they have planned to use. That's huge. I think that's a huge trait. Uh, and for 75 points, he's not cost prohibitive. Now, if he's 120, you're going to have to make a decision. Can he do more than one thing? But on this, he's got Psychic Blast for two clicks. Then he's got Precision Strike for two clicks. Then he's got Blaze Claw's Fangs. And in the middle, his damage is only two, but on either side, the first two clicks and last two clicks, damage is three. Um, his defense goes down, so maybe a defend guy with him. But I could really see this. Could be interesting. And here's the other thing. He can be carried. I just realized that. He can use the flight ability, but he's a foot wow that's gonna be interesting he'd be an interesting one to try with and michelangelo's not that different uh, his attack value does go down to a nine at the end but he has plasticity on four clicks he's got a charge on one click he's got uh, probability control uh he's got an 18 defense to start a 10 attack 11 with running shot he has the same thing that leonardo has in the ability to fly knock back and plus one on speed and attack uh, if he's near elevated train or blocking. However, his free action is he can do smoke cloud when he does as a free action, which I love to anything you can do free action. When he does, friendly characters occupying these hindering trains this turn can use sidestep. So, ah, so he can give sidestep, which is huge at times, the ability to move those extra two. Can, so, and with it being a free action and sidestep being a free action, that can all occur at the beginning of your turn before you do anything. That can cause all kinds of shenanigans. And he's got a five range. So for 75 points, again, he doesn't break the bank on your team. He's a quarter of your team. But he might bring some really nifty options. So those two out of the, the sort of return set, I don't know. That might be interesting to have. Might throw a little kink in everything else. Everything else, pretty much standard. Nothing really blows me away. Um, but those two make it interesting. And I've not seen... Yeah, I've seen the Donatello. Anyway, those two I, I, I'm kind of looking at. Mm, I might, I'd love to hear from y'all what y'all would think would be great and what y'all are looking forward to in it. Um, but that's the TMNT. Now, 30 days to Deadpool. Let me pull that up. Awesome. Can't wait. Why can't I wait for Deadpool? Why am I so excited? Okay, I've got a case ordered. I'm buying all the fast forces. I do this all the time. I'm buying the tokens. I'm spending way too much money. Now, there's a couple of things. Deadpool, I missed out on the last Deadpool set, so I'm really stoked about this. Um, and you go out to HC Realms, and you can go look at the uh, preview. We had not had a lot of previews. And 30 days away, I'm really interested to find out how Deadpool's going to stack up. But I think there'll be fun, crazy figures. So that's to me, sounds very interesting. It sounds like a great set to own. Also, the great thing about this set will be it kind of proved the way in which WizKids kind of moving. Are they moving away from these huge power pieces that can do a lot of damage into some more uh, position placement, finesse pieces 
that you can move around and build more uh, crazy-looking teams and looking more for synergy. So that that will kind of help us when we look at that. And then I really think there's going to be some pieces out of this that are going to really change the meta, that there's going to be something come up, and all of a sudden you're going to see a change in the meta. Some pieces are going to really make a difference in the meta game. And uh, I think Deadpool will have a hit on it and going to kind of look at that. So I'm excited. I hope you all are excited too. I think Deadpool could rank right up there. Just like I was looking forward to Spider-Man set. Joker's Wild. I went and bought a case. I'm, I'm, I don't know how long. My wife has just been very understanding. We've been very lucky financially to be able to afford where I can go buy a case about every time they come out. I don't know if I can do that coming up because... After Deadpool, then June and July, there's a case after each one. I don't know if I can. I'm going to have to start selling some stuff. Usually, the only way I can afford it is have to sell my old stuff. I have to say bye-bye to stuff I don't play anymore and get this new stuff. So, that's where I'm kind of heading at. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, we do have one piece that we do know of. It's a, I believe it's the white-suited uh, Deadpool out of the set. Uh, 37A Deadpool. He's got a 7 range. Seven clicks, which is big because that's, wow, a little bit over 10 points a click. Uh, he's going to be 75 points. He's got keywords, X-Force, Assassin, Detective, Soldier. Anyway, he's got a shifting focus mechanic. Now, give Deadpool a free action if you begin your turn on the map. Replace him with another character with this track on the same click number. Interesting. Now, he doesn't have willpower, which is big. So, you're going to have to finesse use him. And then he has a special trait that's on his first five, a special power on his first five movement. He can use phasing teleport normally or as a free action. If he activates as free action, roll a die six and replace the speed value with the result. And it says, and it's called Yoo-Hoo, I'm over here now, Spanky. So that's what I'm talking about. It could be kind of fun little traits thing. But he starts with a 12 movement, 10 attack, 3 damage, 18 defense with super senses. And then he goes to shape change on the next clip. But he keeps 12. It's 12, 12, 11, 11, 11, 12, 12 are his movement powers. And the last two are with uh, phasing. Now his attacks are 10, 10, 11, 11, 10, 9, 9. He has defense of 18, 18 with super senses. Then he goes 17, 17, 16 with combat reflexes. And then 16, 16 with super senses. He has 3 damage, 3, 3, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2. Damage all the way down. His uh, second click has shape change, and his next to last click has shape change, and then exploit weakness between those two. Uh, this looks interesting. For 75 points, he could be an annoying harassment piece. And I really wonder what with his shifting focus. I don't know if you can. He doesn't have. He has a huge movement ability, and he doesn't have stealth. But it'd be interesting if you can move him up, and then, like on your turn, you move him up. Well, actually on your turn, what you can do is do a free action move, and if you get a six, you can move six, uh, shoot somebody from seven, so that's 13 swing. I would probably average a three, so that's a 10 swing. And you pop them in some hindering train, and at the end of his movement, you can pop them onto another one that has stealth, so now all of a sudden you can't see him. So he pops over, boom, and then he then he changes, shifts focus to one that's more defensive-oriented, Maybe has some stealth. All of a sudden, he's sitting there, or has a passive power he can use after he after he comes on. And then the beginning of the next turn, you can pop him on to a different one because. And so, wow, that'd just be crazy. 
I, th- I, th- I think you can use him in different ways. And so that Deadpool could be a crazy one to use. He might be a lot of fun to be like a, a, a switchblade, not a switchblade, a Swiss army knife, being able to use different things. But I think one thing you have to be careful of is you always have to think two or three moves ahead on how you're going to move him in and out. But I mean, he could be fun. He looks fun. That, that movement, the ability to move a lot across the map, phasing teleport, he's a walker. So I don't know. I think I'm excited. I think I can't wait to see all these shifting focus ones. 75 points. Um, I like the shifting focus with Batman more than Superman. Superman, I know um, Jason did a great job using shifting focus Superman to be very competitive, but I don't know. I just didn't like Superman as a shifting focus figure. I love Batman as a shifting focus figure, but you, you can't convince me Superman well, I don't know. I just didn't like it. That's my own personal preference. I want Superman to be this huge thing. I think Batman fits the uh, jack-of-all-trades, and I think Deadpool will too. So this will be interesting. Can't wait to see this one work out. So that's, uh, there's, that's once again, as a thread started. There's only got that Deadpool in there that's been previewed and Cannonball. So we'll have to wait to see. I'm really not impressed with Cannonball and uh, just me. But Deadpool looked really cool. So I'm excited about that. That's coming up 30 days. Now, the other thing that came out, and I've got it right here in front of me, is the Origins list. So they have sat down and said, here's what's going to happen in Origins. This is how you become a world champion. This is the path you have to take. So it is crazy compared to last year. Last year, I thought WizKids had a very simple plan. They executed it okay. And now they have a very complicated plan that's going to appeal to a lot of different Heroclix players. I mean, you were either playing in top national and world qualifier tournaments, maybe in a couple of scenarios, or you were just doing basically battle royales. It looks like what's going to happen now is there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. I uh, hope WizKids has a lot of extra... Uh, volunteer staff there because i think a lot of stuff going on means that you're going to have to be very organized and stay on top of everything otherwise you're going to see some stuff starting to fall apart and that could be concerning if you're going there for certain events so i think certain events will take precedence but that's my own opinion i think WizKids will focus on certain events and maybe have judges run these other side events on their own but um so we're just going to kind of look at it and since i'm talking about origins and my goal is to go to Origins and play in the World Championships. Let's just really look at the World Championship path. Some of you all aren't interested, but I found this very interesting because it's very different from last year. Uh, last year, Thursday had uh, two uh, – Thursday and Friday were World Championship qualifiers. pretty sure. I'd have to go look. There were, I know I played in two. Maybe there's – yeah, two World Championship qualifiers. Saturday was Nationals and Worlds. So um, the World Championship qualifiers were sealed events. And, um, oh, you also had Team Championship qualifiers. You had Nationals going on Thursday. Anyway, so there were these sealed events, and it really went on how you pulled. They have gone away from that. Um. And the top half of the U.S. Nationals got in to Worlds. Okay, so it's not changed that, but it's, it made it very interesting. So uh, people complain about the Nationals and the Worlds qualifiers going on at the same time. 
They have not changed that, but they have changed a little bit different about how the qualification works. Now, instead of winning tournaments or being this or that, what you have to do is you have to earn so many points to get into the world championships. Now, if you finish top half of U.S. Nationals, and the only way to qualify for U.S. Nationals is through these WK Opens. So if you do happen to qualify and you play in them, uh, you can earn, if you're in the top half, you earn eight points, qualification points. Well, that's all you need to get in the world championships. If you're in the bottom half, you earn half of them, which is four. So, okay, so you're halfway there. So how do you earn championship points? Well, it seems like they're going to run these qualifiers all day Thursday from 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And they're what we would know, or what I used to know, is eight pods. So once eight people come together that have signed up for this World Championship qualifier, they'll go into a single elimination match. Now, it's going to cost you $12. So cost of booster, you bring your team. It's a constructed team. So you're going to have to bring a modern-age constructed team. You sign up for it. Once eight people are together, boom, y'all sit down and start doing a single elimination tournament. Now, uh, there's a prize structure. I mean, you get a if you if uh, just by playing, you get a con le by a standard at the worst. Um, if you can win one game, then you're into to the top four. So top four, top four on up win a con le prize figure. If you play in the championship, that means you get through two rounds. You win two, then second place is guaranteed four points, and first place wins eight. So those will go off every time they can get eight. So in this, it's going to, this is going to be very interesting on how this runs. So let's look at the time structure. So WizKids has this going from 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock. So that is registration starts at 9 with all these events going around, U.S. Nationals and these World Qualifiers. So from 10 to 8 is 10 hours. Uh, I'm going to say, just me, Nationals won't start until 11 o'clock. I just don't think they can get it rolling. I think it won't start till 11. And I think for nationals, what's going to happen is if if you're in the top half, you're not going to worry. You don't have to worry. As soon as you finish out U.S. nationals. But they're going to probably run four rounds. So that means at 3 o'clock, 3.30, you'll be ending, okay, if you finish in the bottom half. So you need to go get four more points. In order to get points in these qualifiers, I think it will take for you to sit in there and play for three and a half hours. So let's say you don't, you get your four points in U.S. Nationals, you pop right out, and you join a pod. Your best bet, and this is this is this is me. You would rather lose or win two games. You don't want to win just one game. And let me explain why. Because if you lose immediately, you can go sign up for another one, which gives you another opportunity. If you win one game, you lose an hour. 55-minute round. You lose an hour, and if you don't win that game, then you're out an extra hour, which you're on a limited time all of a sudden. You only have four and a half hours. Is that right? You have four and a half hours. Uh, it will probably be, I would estimate... If you went and played in one and you get and you don't win any, it's an hour and a half to get into another one. I mean, well, it'd be like a twenty minute wait. They're gonna go off every time you get eight. And it's gonna be really dependent. I'm trying to go through the math and I think your best path will be go through US Nationals because those four points are so huge. And 
I'm trying to go over all my options. I hope I call for U.S. Nationals. I have four points in the bank. However, that's going to take me to 330. And then I'm just going to have probably, on average, two chances, maybe three to get my other four points. That's about it. Two or three hours. Now, and if you're in U.S. Nationals, you don't want to drop out. I mean, if you lose in an early round, it doesn't look like you're going to win. I mean, should you drop out and get that extra hour? I don't know. I I think it looks like to in order to get points, it's going to take you three hours. 55-minute rounds, you're going to have to go through three rounds. Let's look at it. Start with eight. Next round will be four. Last round will be two. The last round is the money round with the points. The middle round, the second round, you lose there and you've lost an hour. You'd rather been that group that lost a minute ago and got to be able to reload. I think if I started and didn't make the U.S. Nationals, and this is my own opinion, and people can argue with me or not, uh, I think it will be, if I start at 10 o'clock, every hour and a half, if I lost my first game, I could be in another pod. So let's look at it. I would go in at, at, at they start at 10. My next pod would start at 11.30. My next pod would start at... 1 o'clock, my next pod would start at 2.30, my next pod would start at 4, next pod would be 5.30, next pod would be 7 o'clock, and that would be the last one. So I would have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Seven chances. If I suck as a Heroclix player, (laughs) I would have seven chances at making worlds. I know some of you are going, what? What are you talking about? I'm just telling you. I think it will be an hour and a half yet. I think your match will take you about an hour, and depending on how quickly pods fill, those 30 minutes. Now, the question you got to ask yourself, um, should I take more than one team? I'm thinking you should. And it, and if you're seeing one team not working, if you're investing that much money, you might want to switch. Now, some people might say, well, keep playing that team. It might You might get better and better at it. You might get lucky. That's true. Two rounds. Two rounds gets you into the money, is what I call it. All you're going to ever win from the fourth on up is LEs. I mean, first place and second place. The only difference is your qualification points. You're still just going to get one LE. So if you're going there for LEs, it might not be that bad. Every two hours you're winning an LE if you can win your first game. Um, Also looking at early versus late. I think your top player is going to be in the U.S. Nationals. So early games might be impressive. Some people with teams that have not been tested out. So early games could be very, very good. Late games will be interesting because you're going to have your U.S. Nationals people still struggling to try and go get their last four points. However, just going to throw it out there. As people earn eight points, those teams will drop off. So when will it be better? I mean, a lot of lot of teams that were dominating early are going to already be qualified. So now who is? So I don't know. What's your all's take on it? I think that day is going to be a grinder. I'm already blocked it out. Uh, what am I? What do I think about it? I think it's awesome doing it this way. I only have to block one day out for pure hero clicks. I know that sounds like what you're doing a hero clicks podcast and you're only looking forward to one day. Well, I don't know about you all, but I can get overloaded with hero clicks and it can be very stressful. So having one day to qualify and at the end of the day I'm qualified or not is pr- pretty cool. If I'm qualified for Heroclix, great, I'm all in. If not, I can make plans for the rest of my time at Origins. Because Origins is a great place. It's great things to do. A lot of great games to go find out. So, I don't know. I think that would be any 
interesting. I think early is going to be awesome. Um, I think if you qualify for U.S. Nationals, you give yourself the best chance to qualify for Worlds. Uh, I think some top players will be already qualified, so you're not going to see them in these what I call these grinder pods. Uh, it's going to open up a lot more opportunities for um, just kind of pairings. Some different people are going to be able to be able to uh, pop into Worlds, and that might be interesting. Some interesting team makeups. Uh, and it's also going to be, since there's only eight, it's going to be how your team matches up with those other seven, not how it matches up against uh, 64 or, eight, or 56 teams. It's going to be the other seven. Um, some problems that could happen. Uh, not looking forward to maybe some cheese teams being brought. People really wanting to qualify, so they're going with these very set cheese teams. But you know what? If you plan for it and you've played against those teams, you know those teams are going to be very prevalent. Wow. That could be an advantage you have. So... Um, origins, uh, we'll talk about it some more in the next podcast, but the world championship qualifier is going to be interesting. Uh, I hope Wizkins can get everything on schedule because I want to get in as many as possible. That's my plan. You want to go and play as many of these pods as possible. If you're not us nationals, you want to just go play as many as you can. It looks like I figure you can get seven in. If you lose the first round of everyone, you can get seven in. And that's a great chance to go get some opportunities. You're not... I wish you could get some qualification points for just playing a lot, but then that means anybody could get in, so I guess they had to uh, kind of throttle it down. I'm just saying, if you win one game, you really need to win that next game because single elimination has nothing to do with points. you got to win to move on. So you, it's not going to be a points battle. It's about winning. So I think some stalling could happen. I think it could be a little bit more cutthroat, and you're going to be in a grinder. And so just kind of know that going in. And that's my plan. It's going to be a grinder. It's going to be cutthroat. There's going to be some low point scoring games. I don't think it's going to depend on points anymore. I think maybe your matchup next round will be dependent upon points. But in the end, it's going to come down to wins. And that's when people get kind of crazy. So uh, less aggressive play. Uh, be set on your on what you're doing. I think you're going to get less turns. So I'm going to have to look at that. My plan is to bring two teams where we try to focus on one. But if it looks throughout the day, I need a faster team. I need to put together a faster W. Uh, faster worlds team that can go out uh get secure some points maybe an alpha strike team i don't know maybe they'll really dominate so i don't know love to hear your all's thoughts on it okay so finally i gave you all a challenge last week the robin from joker's wild i know this is going forever and i apologize and i'll try to keep them shorter next time but i put together a robin team i call it a joyride team or the paper tiger team and why do I call it a joyride team? Because I imagine Robin going out for a joyride. And here's what I'm going to talk about. Robin being possessed by Eclipso. So that Robin 009 with the uh, Superman Wonder Woman Eclipso. Three Bat Knights that are the Con L.E.s and Ace the Bat Hound. Now why do I call that a joyride team? Because that is Robin being influenced by Eclipso going out and taking the Bat Knights out for a joyride. And Ace the Bat Hound going along just to protect him. Uh, how can I see this team kind of working out? Love putting Eclipse on Robin. That gives him the ability to boost one of his stats. I think he's below Eclipso uh, in all of his stats except on one click. Uh, his ability to put him at a... His ability to move, you could potentially about get him across the map. Um, you could sidestep him... Well, No. How was I going to do this? Anyway, all the Bat Knights have sidestep and um, regeneration. 
Ace the Bat Hound comes in with a special trait where he can choose an attack power. As long as he didn't use, choose the same one he did last time. So that's the ability to switch back and forth between Perplex and Outwit with Ace the Bat Hound. They're all Batman family, so you got a theme team of five. Um, Bat Knights, awesome. What you want to do is move Robin up using his special trait, which would mean that he can move up uh, nine if you... Well, I wouldn't do that. You can move up eight and then slingshot himself up another five, so that's 13. Or... You want to you can move up a bat knight jump robin up to the bat knight bat knight carrying him sidestep up two more so let's say they start on two robin goes to 10 bat knight goes to 11 then sidesteps him to 14 because the bat knight will go 12 13 place robin in 14 then he can pop up to five and be 19 now the reason why you do that is letting robin tie people up because he has plasticity if you can land him in a hindering train, you won't be able to outwit him because he's got stealth with Batman team ability. So now, all of a sudden, he's in the middle of everybody. 18 defense with combat reflex puts him out of 20. He does have 3 damage. Um, I think he's got uh, to empower. Yeah, he does have empower. The Bat Knights themselves can use their ram ability, which would be the fun part, is tying everybody up with Robin and ramming with those cars left and right. Just whoosh, three of them. Just going through people, doing three damage for every character they hit. Knocking them down to regen, click regen them up, do it again. Holding them all down. Um, so just ram, 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 ram. And Ace the Bat Hound out where needed and perplexing. Adding some little stuff in, but using Robin to tie everybody up, hold people down. And just letting those cars ram. And they have eight eight range with precision strike, three damage and power, and eleven attack. And they're giants. So they could stand behind Robin and hit people as he ties everybody up. So I think it'd be fun. Would it be a great team? I don't know. It'd be crazy. It would be a crazy team. Uh would probably want a map with a lot of hindering but wide open. Uh, just so that they could line up their RAM ability. Because I think they have to move in a straight line. Uh, but, I mean, I think I think it can be a fun team to try. Uh, I call it an impossible team, too, because everybody's so rare. This team's probably going to cost you over $200. Uh, I think, though, while I'm at my... I'm going to WKO and going to Origins, I am going to try to collect as many of these as I can. And maybe I can put this team together. I think it'd be kind of fun. But, anyway, that's my thoughts on a bat... A Robin team with Eclipso. Eclipso gives him that durability because he gets an eight. He can knock his defense up to an eighteen twenty with combat reflexes, and then he has impervious. So Eclipso can maybe keep Robin around more. Robin's ability to move is awesome, so that would be great. His ability to pop up and uh, kind of get get a little bit better swing. All right, so that's what I was looking at. I hope y'all have the same thing. So I put up a new challenge here. Uh, I want to see what everybody would make as a 300-point Rock Limited team modern. And Rock Limited team means no resources, no colossals, no ID cards, no entities. And I want to put an extra um, thing out there saying that this should be a named theme team. Not generic, but named. So what kind of 300-point Rock Limited teams could you get? That's one thing I noticed at my venue. There weren't a lot of resources played. It's more about the figures and how they work together. Uh, there's a Night Lantern there, and he had an Amalgam, or how you say it. 
but I mean, really didn't have a lot of, didn't have any resources, zero resources at a tournament. And it reminded me of the modern kind of rock limited. So if you're just concentrating on figures, how they work together, what would you choose and how would you do it? And a theme team, using a theme team, and I would even challenge you, don't use Avengers and Justice League. They're so easy. So many varied options. Let's try some. I think I'm going to try Spider-Man Family. That is a hard team to put together. Um, but So I'm really looking at that. So try that. Uh, I, I look forward to doing the next episode. I will try and keep it way below what I did this time. I apologize again. But just had a lot to kind of go over. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, please email us at lostinclicks at gmail.com. On iTunes, please rate us. Those ratings help us understand how well we're doing. Review us. Um, also, if you want to uh, get in touch with me, you also can find me on HC Realms under Colossus TN. Please text or uh, message me there. Um, send any comments, questions, or suggestions. Uh, also, I, I want to throw out there, I'd love to do some Hangout or Google Hangout or chat matches. Has anybody done those? How do they work? What's the best way to do them? I've done chat matches. They did pretty well. Love to know how to set up for a Google Hangout match. Uh, how would you do it? Where do you find players for that? If you're interested, please contact me. Just something to kind of expand. I think the more you play, the better you'll get. Thanks again for listening in. I really appreciate your time and 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 attention during this. I uh, hope to talk to you all again next week. All right, signing off. Keep the clicks on coming. <laughs>